Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl, and I have a special guest today, Corey Wooten, obviously former Chicago Bear defensive end. Uh, Corey, thanks so much for hopping on with me. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no problem at all. Obviously, if people do not know, Corey is now an analyst for Fo- uh, for Fox 32 Chicago and CHGO Bears, so still in the Bears world, talks a lot of uh, Chicago Bears football, so it's uh, a pleasure to have you on, Corey. Before we get into our question of the week, because I've kind of been rotating um, between uh, having different questions every week, getting fan interaction into it, I talked to Clay Harbor last week and working on some more guests coming up, but before we get into that question, I want to talk a little bit about your journey, because my podcast that I normally, uh, this is the off season. So obviously you start running a little bit out of content and you want to get creative, but during the season, Corey, I really focus on players. So usually I pick a player a week and really go into depth on how that player got to the NFL. So I'll talk to high school coaches, brothers, sisters, uh, uh, the college coaches, everything, and kind of just get a, get an idea of the person X's and O's wise, but also off the field, because I just love, I think sometimes we forget that they're humans out there. And I I like seeing that side of uh, players. So that's my normal. Uh, podcasts kind of throughout the season. So I want to talk about your journey a little bit. Uh, so tell me about high school, how you first got into football, that recruiting process when you cho- chose Northwestern, and then obviously that draft experience for you. Yeah, so I grew up in, in Rutherford, New Jersey, right down the street from Giant Stadium. We're about 20 minutes from New York City. And uh, people think of New Jersey as like this this basketball powerhouse, which it is. But I think people really sleep on the football. Um, the football in North Jersey, especially Bergen County, um, is really good. So I went to Don Bosco Prep High School. Our rivals were Bergen Catholic, uh, St. Peter's, St. Joe's. There's probably 10-plus NFL guys that we played against in high school. So the football is really good. Like three of the top 10 teams in the nation were always from New Jersey. So really, really big football powerhouse there. You know, we'd have – 15,000 people at our games in high school. So it was a pretty, pretty great atmosphere. So luckily I I got to go to a great school where I played with Army All-Americans. So there was always college coaches um, in our gyms talking to our coaches. And that allowed me to get heavily recruited just because everybody was in the door looking at the Army All-Americans and all these other guys. And, you know, then I was able to to get my first scholarship. Actually was uh, Indiana. That was my first first scholarship my junior year, and I didn't play varsity until my junior year high school. So I was kind of a late bloomer, mm-hmm. and um, so it, it worked out for me uh, going to that school and then ended up getting a bunch of other offers, and it came down to Boston College and Northwestern. wanted to go to a good academic school, mm-hmm. and Northwestern for me when I went there on a visit, 
everything just kind of clicked. I really love Chicago, love the guys on the team, uh, vibe with everybody really well there, love the coaching staff. And I feel like they really wanted me more so than any other team or coach, like all the coaching staffs from my defensive line coach, special teams to our head coach. I feel like they really wanted me. So that's why I was like, okay, I got to go to Northwestern. So mm-hmm. I ended up committing there. And uh, yeah, so I was there uh, for five years. So my, my first year, I started uh, the first couple of games. Then I ended up getting a medical red shirt um, and was just kind of going through the process, slowly getting better and better. And then my junior season, that's when I really knew um, you know, I could I could make it in the NFL when I had my breakout season, had double-digit sacks. And I was actually contemplating coming out my uh, that year. We played Mizzou mm-hmm. in the uh, Alamo Bowl, had a really good game, had a sack, had a pick, was going for my second sack. I got pulled from behind. Tore my ACL, MCL, meniscus. Oh. So two minutes away from oh. uh, essentially declaring for the draft. So, you know, I ended up having to come back the next year. Really wasn't myself. Fell yeah. to the fourth round and then ended up getting drafted to the Bears. And uh, really, really had a great experience there. Lovey Smith was my coach my first three years. Uh, Rod Marinelli was our, our defensive line coach and mm-hmm. coordinator. Played with some great guys, Julius Peppers, Brian Erlacher, Tillman, Tim Jennings. Like, our, our defense was really awesome. Henry Melton. Oh, yeah. um, so, 2012, I, I don't know if you remember that season, we came to Jacksonville, and mm-hmm. we, we, we completely beat the brakes off of oh, yeah. uh, you Jaguars, unfortunately. <laughs> Out there, I know, I know in Jacksonville, you know, they've come a long way since then. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that was a good game that day. Yeah, it was. And I'm a Bears fan first, so my whole family's from Chicago, but I've just been in Jacksonville so long and now working for the Jaguars. I've kind of taken them on as like my team number two. Luckily, they're in, it's an AFC, NFC thing. But whenever they play each other, Bears first for me. I do remember that game. I was actually in college at the time. I was going to USF in South Florida, but I came up for the game and I had a blast personally. (laughs) Personally, I had a blast. Um, But yeah, you spoke on Lovey because Lovey, I love Lovey Smith and I loved Lovey Smith. It's funny because my first car, I actually named Lovey. That's how much I love that man. Um, so it, when I obviously playing for someone like that, he was kind of known for just not having a whole lot of reaction to things. Like people were like, he has no emotion on the sideline. I was like, it's just Lovey Smith. And I'm sure he does like in huddles and stuff. How is that in the locker room with Lovey? Would you see a little more out of him in those situations? So, I mean, he really wasn't the yeller. So okay. I think it, it just depends. Some coaches, they're the yeller and then they have people on their staff. So Rob Marinelli, he he was the yeller of the defense because he was the coordinator mm-hmm. and our defensive line coach. He was the one that really got after you if you were messing up. Lovey just has that calm, even demeanor, and and people like always judge him. They're like, oh, he he doesn't get angry enough. That's why they're not doing this and that. But I feel like you just have to know your coaching staff, right? Yeah. Whether you're a head coach that gets after people or not, like you have to have the staff that will do that for you. So Lovey, that's his demeanor, and he's not trying to be anything that he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very telling when he got fired after that 2012 season, we went 10 and six. Yeah. Uh, there was grown men crying in, in, in that room that just shows how much respect everyone had for, for Lovey. And, you know, I, I like the direction the bears are going now with Ibrahim and company, but look at after Lovey got fired, you know, really the direction of the bears at how it went downhill for a little bit after that. So, yeah. you know, we really had that defense on lock. It was just trying to get the offense, up to par. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wish they would have gave him a little more time and, and maybe uh, the GM just had, had more selection on the offensive coordinator because I feel like the defense was, was really what it needed to be. And you see the difference between 2012 and 2013. There wasn't any difference 
on our roster besides Brian Erlacher, and it's, it's hard yeah. to replace him. He was getting towards the tail end of his career, but we basically were trying to run the same defense with a different staff, mm-hmm. and we went from the year before top five mm-hmm. to dead last in every category. So okay. I think that shows the effect of Lovey Smith and that staff he had there defensively. Yeah, it was a, an interesting rep- approach, and I think a lot of people go back and talk about that. Like, how do you fire a coach after a 10-6 and six season? And I think, like you said, maybe higher up Bears wanted a more offensive-minded guy. Obviously, that didn't work very well. Uh, but, yeah, I guess that's the mindset. And I think even now people were a little upset with the Eberflus hire because the, the NFL now is so offensive-driven. But I like Eberflus so far. I love Ryan Poles. I really like a lot of the things he did. One more before we move on to this question because I just have to talk about it, and I'm sure you've probably mentioned it a lot of uh, many times in the past and we never cheer for injury Corey but we do cheer for sacks and you are in the history books for that because you were the last person to ever sack Brett Favre obviously in the moment you didn't know you didn't know that was going to be the last time that Brett Favre was going to get sacked but did that like was there a point a little bit after where you were like man like I might be the last person to ever get him down yeah I I uh I, I guess a little bit afterwards when, when that next season, you know, he was talking about retiring and all that. So I guess that kind of kind of hit me then. But people always say that's a trivia question and all this. And <laughs> I know with everything happening with Brett Favre and, and everything going on with those welfare allegations mm-hmm. and whatnot, I know I know people have been excited about it, as weird as that sounds. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you know, you never want to be like, man, I like what you did to him even more. I'm like, whoa. Okay, you never want to get hurt. But I'm like, listen, that's, that, that's, he has to deal with that stuff right there. But, um, yeah. yeah, I think I think Chicago uh, was tormented by Brett Favre for, for so many years. And then, you know, talk about their luck, right, having oh, yeah. Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers yeah. for 30 years straight, like, Unbelievable. But now now they're going to take a little medicine right now. Jordan Love, they might hate him over there. Jordan hate, okay? That's what we'll do it from now on. But, they're, uh, they're pretty confident yeah, I, right I, now, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's what everybody says. <laughs> everybody tries to, you know, that's what they said last year with Trey Lance and all this stuff. And Look look how that panned out. You know, unfortunately, yeah. he got he got injured, but who, who knows how it would have worked out. Um, so I think everybody has to back their, their quarterback, right, and mm-hmm. give him a sense of confidence. So they had asked one of the wide receivers, you know, what's the difference between Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers? Like, oh, they're pretty similar. Oh, <laughs> We're <still> like, okay. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is one of the best to ever play it, you know? So you, that's hard, hard shoes to fill. <laughs> yeah, and that's what, to me, even if Jordan Love somehow ends up being, like, pretty good, the chances of him being anywhere close to Aaron Rodgers are, I mean, extremely rare. You just don't get those court. I mean, it's, you know, we talk about Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and somehow they, they've They've got those back-to-back, but they were very different quarterbacks, too. But you talk about, like, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Those are guys that you just – you don't get all of the time. And for a team to somehow – if they end up getting three, the God is definitely a Packers fan if that ended up happening. Um, but, Corey, let's uh, move on to our question. Obviously, the question this week is what first-year Chicago Bears are we most excited about this season? You could go uh, free agency draft. You said you picked one from free agency, one from draft. I just went offensive and defensive, but mine ended up also being uh, one free agency in one draft um so there's a lot of guys they, they made a ton of moves this offseason which thankfully we had the the money to do so we had the draft picks obviously the trade with dj Moore. that one is a popular one um so we'll see if that's one of our answers but let's go ahead with you first one who are you most excited about so so mine had to be dj Moore, right we, we talked about last year justin fields not having a true number one trying to make chase claypool that number one didn't really work out that way 
I thought this offseason you had to find a way to get him a number one. Uh, you know, there was nobody in the draft that everyone felt was a glaring number one. So I love the addition of DJ Moore. You look what he's been able to do in Carolina, put up numbers with four different quarterbacks that he's played with over the past couple of years. So I really love that. I think he's really going to flourish. I think Justin Fields and him is going to be an unbelievable connection. So I love polls, not get them. And then all of a sudden you have a uh, number one pick next year as well. So I, I think it's a good situation uh, for, for the bears. So I'm, I'm really excited about that because Claypool and Mooney now, the pressure's off them, right? Mm-hmm. They can. You look at Mooney back when Allen Robinson was the quarterback, and uh, when Allen Robinson was the number one, rather, and Mooney really had over a thousand yards. He really flourished there. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to, to seeing that connection in there, and I think it'll make everything offensively a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I think it's hard not to go that one. I I had that ready just in case you didn't, but obviously I I want to go a different way just in case um, based off yours so we can get some different names in here. But it's hard not to pick DJ Moore. I mean, I I think we were all waiting for that moment, especially we were tired of the trade rumors of this at this time of they're going to draft Bryce. uh, They're going to take Bryce Young. They're going to trade Justin Fields and this is going to happen. It was just getting to that point where I was like, okay, they need to make this trade happen because I can't listen to this nonsense anymore of trading Justin Fields away. Um, after not even two complete seasons in the NFL and especially after what we saw glimpses of last year. So mine, I'm going to go, I'll talk about my free agency guy and uh, I'm going to Marcus Walker. I think there's a lot of ways I could have gone. I could have gone obviously Tremaine or TJ. Um, I love the linebacker group that I that we're going to have this season or the idea of it. But I do, I'm, I'm intrigued by De- Demarcus Walker and I think that's why I'm saying this, I'm excited. He had seven sacks last season and six starts. Um, he was used more of a rotational piece in his career so far pretty much especially last year in Tennessee Um, but I just I'm super excited to see if he can be kind of that larger part and adding like solidifying that rotation solidifying that piece helping obviously the pass pass rush we it's it was bad last season we couldn't get to the quarterback to save a life to save our lives and obviously you playing that position you know how important that can be um, in games and we saw how much it dictated certain moments and we saw glimpses out of Dominique Robinson and we saw glimpses glimpses out of Travis Gibson but I just feel like there wasn't enough around to really help these guys flourish and I'm hoping someone like Demarcus Walker who has that veteran side he's been in the league long enough and he's been able to show flashes but he's never been able to be the guy so I'm excited to see what he is able to bring to the defensive line. Yeah Demarcus Walker he's a guy that really flashed like you talked about but most of his sacks came from rushing as a three technique. So, okay. you know, now he'll probably slate as the left defensive end. So he'll have a more full-time role as opposed to a rotational. So it does, that does worry me a little bit because Travis Gibson, the year before, he had seven and a half sacks. You know, he came in there, did well, started towards the end of the season when Khalil Mack was out. And we expected him to make the next step this season, mm-hmm. and he really didn't. So yeah. That's why I'm, I'm treading with a little bit of caution as far as Walker. I think he'll do well in the pass rush situations from the inside, but we have to see if he can make that transition as a full-time starter, similar to what we saw from Travis Gibson. Yeah, it's definitely some question marks, but you, I feel like there has to be improvement there or it's going to be a very long season. Corey, what's your, what is your second player? Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on surprise, the future of work. 
Questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So mine has to be from the draft, Darnell Wright. Mm -hmm. You talked about this year, you have to know everything you have from Justin Fields, right? You have to. You look who's coming out this year, Caleb Williams from USC, right? So you have to know everything you have from Justin Fields. you got to put all the talent around him. That was kind of the last piece. I I figured they felt really good about Braxton Jones, um, just with Poles and company. I I feel like they they really liked him. I, I liked him a lot. I think he just needed to get stronger this offseason so if he can get stronger mm-hmm. I think he could be a really good left tackle and then opposite him Darnell Wright in my opinion was one of the best tackles coming out you look at what Will Anderson the the best defensive line prospect said about him he said this mm-hmm. is the best tackle I've went against in my whole career Darnell Wright that was completely locked him down he struggled against him so Darnell Wright is he has he has feet like a left tackle playing right tackle he reminds me a lot of Trent Williams talented pro bowl um tackle from the 49ers um you you see a lot of that in Darnell Wright very nasty really good footwork good pass protection um so I'm hoping he could really hit the ground running and be an anchor to to the and now you have two offensive tackles that are young that'll be here for years to come so they're 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 putting all the pieces together for Justin Mm -hmm. Fields they they had to know what they they have from him um and I love what Poles did Oh, yeah. I I love that. I was super pro Darnell Wright. I did a a lot of podcast series leading up to the draft on potential picks, and I did one on Darnell Wright, and I fell in love with him when I was watching film and talking about him. And I obviously just love the fact that, because I was confident, I I like Braxton, and I like the way that he was proving improving later in the season. So obviously in my head, I was like, man, Paris Johnson would just be amazing, but then we'd have to probably move Braxton, and it would be this whole other ordeal of having another offensive lineman have to switch positions again which now we're seeing Tevin move for the third time but I'm confident Tevin can do whatever he's pretty much asked to do Um, but so when they just having that true right tackle the one that also flexibility just in case something happens he can switch over to left and help out but it's his position it's what his biggest strengths are at is over on that right side and uh, that's obviously was a weakness last uh, last year big time it was uh, Larry Borum just wasn't quite what they needed on that side and then there was a lot of injuries and rotation so I love that big Darnell Wright fan Um, I was actually my other one but I'll switch it since you went Darnell and I'm going to say uh, Roshan Johnson I I was super excited about Roshan also Uh, Bijan was the one talked about the most and uh, for obvious reasons and everybody I've talked to about Roshan who whether they covered him at Texas or you know where watched him play whatever the case may be all said 
if he was at any other school, he probably would have been a starting running back. But he he sat behind Bijan, and honestly, that kind of showed me that he also has that ability to kind of sit there and be patient and um, still be able to perform. But it's interesting, Corey, because when you look at this, the the history, especially recently, of the running backs the Bears have had have all been kind of on the smaller side, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, around that range. And they added Roshan and Deonta Foreman this year, who are big backs. And so it's it's really it's kind of a change for Bears within this last, you know, even five, six, seven years, especially with that. But there's just so many, so many good things. Just him being that bigger guy. Um, he's super physical runner. He's really fun to watch in that aspect. Um, you can use him in special teams, too. Uh, so that's obviously a positive. Uh, there's a lot of things that they say about his blocking ability, even his receiving ability. If you needed that, all of those to me are positives. And so I'm really excited to see what he can add to the running back room, especially after you losing Dave. David Montgomery, I think that's going to be one of my favorite battles to watch is that running back room and see who really lands that one, two, three, and which order they're going to be out there. Uh, so I'm super excited about Roshan. Yeah, I'm excited about him too, and, and you hit the nail on the head. I mean, he didn't even really get to, to scratch the surface of what he could be because he was behind arguably one of the best backs to come out in, in, in the past few years. So um, I, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, they felt comfortable enough to let David Montgomery go mm-hmm. because it's, it's a lot easier to find running backs nowadays, right? There's there's one, two, three running back tandems, and I think the Bears got got three good combo backs. You know, you got Khalil Herbert, that that's the uh, lightning guy, and then you have uh, Roshan Johnson, that's more of the thunder guy. So I'm 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 looking forward to it, and I think this will be a really good season offensively. Yeah. yeah, finally, because I feel like we've been just we've been hanging on to that and just hoping for a while. And last season, we had those four games where the offense just felt like it was so much fun. And we had that little feeling of like, OK, this is what it could be if we could just consistently stay like this. And then obviously Darnell Mooney got her and Claypool was still trying to figure out the playbook and it was just not working and it kind of died off a little bit. But um, a couple more for you, Corey, before I let you go, because obviously there's there's several names we could have gone through uh, aside from this. And so I I have some honorable mentions, and these are all ones that other uh, listeners have kind of sent in of ones they're excited uh, they're excited about. DJ Moore and Darnell Wright were the two main ones I, re- I was getting. Um, Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards were two other names a lot of people were standing, uh, standing, sending in a lot, which makes a lot of sense. This linebacker room I think could be a lot of fun this year, Corey. Oh, I, I think it's going to be great. You know, the linebackers, I think they're going to be one of the most dominant, them in the secondary the only thing that I'm a little worried about is, is the defensive line, especially yeah. with the defensive end position. Um, you know, I'm kind of worried about that in the three technique um, just because there were some options that I thought the Bears could jump at, you know, in that second to third round. And they went more more projects, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I'm, I'm curious to see because looking at it, right, Walker is, is probably the best rusher right now. And he's – most of his sacks came from the three technique position in the uh, – you know, the rush packages. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see if they add anyone else, um, you know, Frank Clark or somebody like that that's, that's a veteran that's, you know, produced some numbers. So it'll be interesting to see if they add anybody. Yeah, and I think another name I was getting a lot, uh, Tyreek Stevenson. Obviously, this was someone that got a little bit later into the draft, but it's a guy that last year we saw Kyler Gordon really struggle early. He started settling in his feet later, but a lot of people say if you move him to that the like slot corner, nickel corner position and move Tyreek on the outside, it really could help that, that corner room. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that happens, but that's another name a lot of people are talking about potent- uh, being super excited about watching. Yeah, I like Stevenson. I mean, honestly, honestly, I think he has first-round talent. Mm-hmm. He just had some off-the-field issues, you know, early on in his career. 
but you look at the physicality. I mean, he's a he's a true shutdown corner right there. He's he's got the physical attributes. Uh, he's strong. He's fast. He has great range. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Now you can kick Gordon inside, and that's where he naturally fits. Yeah, I agree. Um, so final one for you: uh, the the expectations for the defensive end score. Like you said, that's probably our biggest concern. If we were ranking our like least confident to most confident position groups, I think pretty much everybody would say pass rush in some form, whether it be defensive end or even that interior pass rush. Because I'm not quite sure there's anything um, a whole lot there. I like Justin Jones. We saw flashes of him, but I'm just not quite sure uh, as a whole that group. But uh, Iberflus did mention looking for an edge. Um, so what are you, do you think they may go after somebody or are you getting the feeling they're just kind of going with some projects for that position group? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the one thing is either way this year, one thing we struggled with last year was stopping the run. And I think they, they put the people in there, you know, you, you beefed up the, the defensive line as far as stuffing the run. So I think they will at least stuff the run. And then, you know, if, if they need to, I, I think their philosophy might be like, hey, let's dial up the blitz package with these talented linebackers because that's really the, one of the most talented parts of the defense. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would like it, especially with the Tampa too, if you can get home with four. I mean, that's when this, this really flourishes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might be another year before we can really get those edge weapons. So, um, like I said, you know, Yannick Ngaku, uh, he, he played for Jacksonville yeah. uh, early on in his career. He's a guy that's consistently put up around seven and a half sacks every year throughout his career. He can't play the run as well, but I wouldn't mind bringing him in as a situational pass rusher. Or yeah. like I said, Frank Clark, um, yeah. you know, both of them are still available. Yeah. I wouldn't mind taking a look at both of those. Yeah, guys. I like uh, I like Frank Clark a lot. Yannick, I, I think that he's he's that sack guy. He's the specialty, go after the quarterback, get to the quarterback guy. Like you mentioned, the the run side of things has always been a concern, even back here when he was a full-time guy in Jacksonville. And I think also, to me, there's some sort of question. I know there was issues personality locker locker room wise here in Jacksonville because that's kind of why they parted ways and it was toxic and then now he's on his fifth team in four years so there's there's something there that isn't quite like teams don't absolutely love to kind of deal with and stick around Um, but I I think part of it also is money and right now he said he wants to make money and be a contender if he can maybe set that aside a little bit and want to really work on his specialty which is getting to the quarterback I think that that could be an option but you would have to you would want him to understand understand that he's kind of like the one-dimensional guy um but anyways i wanted to say thanks so much for hopping on with me uh i really appreciate it Corey. oh and also congrats yeah. congrats on your west end golf club that's super cool oh thank you so much i appreciate it thank you yeah no problem and um i'm sure i'll chat with you throughout the season um again thanks so much all right thank you all right bye all right, thanks to Corey Wooten for joining me. Obviously, uh, that was really fun. I've always wanted to talk to him, number one, about that last Brett Favre sack. But also, it's like I said, it's always fun for me to get to know these, uh, to hear these guys' journeys and how they got there. It's all what it's what Making Monsters is all about. And we go a little off script during the off season to have some fun and get you guys involved. But it's definitely, I, I love that aspect. And that's why I started the podcast was really just, getting to know these guys and having fun with it because it, it does go beyond just, you know, where they played college and where they get drafted, uh, their lives and careers and everything go just so much beyond that. So thank you, Corey. I do, uh, before we go, want to go over some of these uh, uh, answers that you guys sent in. I did mention that obviously the top two I was hearing a lot was uh, DJ Moore and Darnell Wright. 
completely understandable. I went off script. I had a feeling that his answers would be DJ Moore and Darnell Wright. So I wanted to go a different way with it and maybe talk about some guys that I'm not technically not saying I'm technically expecting monster years out of Roshan or Demarcus Walker right away. I'm just excited because if they do end up being able to really figure it out and being an impactful player this season, then it it, it is going to be really fun and exciting to watch them. So more so excitement because that running back room is so interesting with Roshan and then excited because if Demarcus Walker, the glimpses we did say, see, we saw, you know, Corey Wooten talked about him, the, the three tech position and all of that and the changes. So interesting with that. But if he is t- still able to really get those quarterback pressures and sacks that he was able to do in a limited amount of time and do that for a full season it could be really fun to watch him for a little bit but obviously some of those main answers uh we had a a lot of a lot of Tremaine that was another one uh TJ Edwards was on here a lot which I like a lot TJ Edwards I'm a big fan of and um I do think that the the contract they got with him and being able to now have all three linebackers signed in an amount that is less than what uh, Roquan is getting paid um, in his own is really helpful and also I, I think that it gives you opportunity later to really figure things out when it does come to the defensive line up front um, uh, Pete Pete thanks for always texting and you're great the, he said the easy answer is more but he'll go with Tyler Scott and uh, for the rookies which I love that answer I think Tyler Scott's going to be an interesting a really interesting player to keep an eye on especially through this offseason and preseason see really he where he really fits in to this um to this offense but Tremaine Edmonds was another one for his free agent signings uh, uh, uh Ty Lowe 237 he said DJ Moore is the obvious choice although Darnell Wright is up there just as well because we all hope he locks down that right tackle spot and obviously we want uh Justin Fields protected uh Bears Junkie 85 said the answer the easy answer is more but I'll always be excited about my Bears linebackers I want to see Edmonds prove the naysayers wrong about his contract because obviously that was the most money that we spent during the free agency and so uh you really want him to be able to play it off another Darnell Wright from Eric Thompson um we got Cody McBank said more seems too obvious right as well Although both are great choices, I'll go with Stevenson. And obviously I mentioned Tyreek Stevenson as one of my honorable mentions. He'll be really fun. More Tremaine Edmonds um, and another right from Lou Nickel. So, yeah, it looked like a lot of those, a lot of the answers were pretty similar. And we were all had the, a very, uh, a pretty, a pretty similar mindset when it came to it. We didn't even mention Jam- uh Javon Dexter or Zach Pickens, which I do think will be in, in the rotational pieces of the offensive line behind Billings and Justin Jones. So it'll be interesting to see how much they actually get um, up there and how many plays we can see them make. So that one is that that could be fun. And we didn't even mention we didn't talk much at all about Deontay Foreman. That's another guy who really uh, filled in great shoes for uh, Christian McCaffrey when he left last season a lot of a lot of names that we could go on this but I think the obvious ones were stated by Corey I kind of went off track a little but there's a lot of a lot of ways and I think it'll be really fun to watch this offseason kind of play out some of the battles that are happening but anyways that is another episode of Making Monsters I'm Taylor Dahl and I'll catch you guys next week <laughs>
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.